forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends, and they love Sex and the City. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Frenchies, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help, help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. We're really trying spooky. to get low. Okay. Hi. Hi, friend. How are Hi, you? Hi, friend. I'm fine. How are you? Who are you this week? Well, before I get into it, I do have to say that I love doing this podcast for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons is that you and I... Uh, it's just so nice to see you, to know that I'm going to see you every week. I agree. It's like something to count on. Yeah, it's really nice. It is. Yeah, there's something, yeah, there's just something very, like, comforting about knowing, like, oh, yeah, this is the day that we record and hang out. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. So, um, I guess I'm uh, Samantha. Okay, loving that already. Because it's kind of funny, because... I'm like a bedridden, like paralyzed lady with gray hair, but I'm feeling so confident for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Like, I, I love can't that. Even move. But like I've been like chatting with a bunch of people and I went on a walk date with this very nice British guy today who we Oh been... yes. You told me about the British guy. How did that go? It was really fun and it's just kind of interesting. Like I feel like a Samantha in the sense that like I mean, I literally can barely move and like my toenail polish is so chipped and disgusting that I wore socks with Tevas because I couldn't let my my bare <laughs> dogs out into the sun. You know, shit's bad when socks with Tevas is better than a barefoot. <laughs> That's when things are like at a crisis. It's like, oh, my God, it's the kind of bad pedicure where it's like I just did my nails a while ago and it's just like slowly dying but the polish is coming off in like a really disgusting way oh yeah where there's like a there. circle of toe i don't know it's just oh all sure bad. sure um but it's kind of funny because it's like despite the fact that like i'm like shuffling slowly along in like a very weird outfit i still felt like you're lucky to be with me right Aww, now he we is a, we had a really nice time he's very sweet and very gentlemanly like you know i've been staying with my moms until i'm recovered and she's very very worried about covid so i was yeah. telling him when we were walking like i didn't want us both to be on the sidewalk i was like i'm gonna walk in the street to make sure we're like very far away and he's like no no please allow me and he like jumped in the street and he was just very very nice like there's just i mean who knows it was only one date like it's too soon to tell but there are some things about him that are very important like, yes he definitely wants a family he's close with his family he has a great job. He likes what he does. He makes good money. Like he's What does stable. he do? And is it, is his family in England? Yes, he's from the okay. Cotswolds. Oh, Cotswolds, which is supposed okay. to be very beautiful. Yes. Um. Yeah, he's from the UK. He moved to the United States a few years ago to work at Tesla. He's an auto engineer. Oh, and he's that's obsessed hot. with cars. And okay. he, like, I had him meet me at my mom's house, and I walked out. And his car is crazy. It's like from Fast and the Furious. Wow. It's a McLaren and it looks oh wild. Oh my God. Yeah, the doors open like Batmobile Stop. style. Stop. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is Whoa. crazy. He's also a triathlete. So yesterday he went on a 12 hour He bike sounds ride. like a very ambitious man. Yeah, he seems nice. I mean, we'll see, you know, too soon to tell. But I like that he, there's nothing like, he's not like, a 26 year old, like polyamorous musician. Right. Like, like our friend from a few weeks back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he seems more like on the right track, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And he, I just cannot, I cannot imagine <laughs> when, when all this is over and we start like driving around to places on a more consistent basis, like <laughs> me meeting up with you and him, Yeah, <laughs> you like, step out of, yeah, like he and I drive into CVS. Doors. 
I know. come I, up and out pops Rose. Oh my it's God. It's so like not you. It's very funny to me. Oh, it's not me at all. It's, it's like a Steve McQueen car. I also feel like if we do date seriously at any point, we're both going to have to adjust our fashion to match the car. So like, yeah, you're going to, yeah, we're both going to have to look very like matrix future, all black trench. Oh, see my mind. Yes. That's more accurate. My mind went to like head to toe Versace or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fun. Some brand that was like real hot in the nineties. It's just like, I mean, I'm obviously not a car person, but if I was going to spend a bunch of money on a car, you better believe it would be a convertible, like driving down the beach with a convertible. Yeah. Convertible actually does make sense in California. It it's not amazing. like midlife crisis alert. Like it's not, it doesn't have the doesn't same. Have uh, oh, it doesn't. Yeah. No. But, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if I was going to like blow my money on some crazy car, it would be something where we were at the beach and you and me were sitting there and our hair was like blowing in the wind. Yeah. Convertibles. They're, Pretty they hot. are, they are fun. They feel fun, but they also, it really does suck how much your hair just gets like <laughs> tangled into a little rat's nest. <laughs> Unless, uh, well, if you're in the backseat, if you're in the front seat, you're golden. But if in your, if you're in the backseat, like you're, you're going to look like you're going like, to have like a beehive on top of your head by the end. That's true. With like branches in it. I and have like two words seashells. Messy bun. This is true. Top knot. This is true. Also two words. Yeah. Four words. Slick bun. Uh-huh. I yeah, like who it. Yeah, who the hell were you this week after all? Um, well, I guess I'm all the girls because Whoa. I decided to take a trip to New York. Amazing. Hear me out. Um, I feel like you're, it's, I just feel like you're not supposed to fly anywhere, but I you made the decision it. to do it. Yeah. I'm going to like go full blown. I'm going to wear like a mask with a shield over it. Perfect. And, um, I got an insanely cheap first class ticket. It was Perfect. truly $5. It actually was air miles. So it was even less. Amazing. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, I have to go first class because that's the only way you know for sure you're socially distanced. That's a good point. Yeah, I was also, like, why not? there's just, yeah, just yeah also why not? But also I was like, I feel like if I'm going to do it, Sitting this is the time. Yeah, I don't even want to worry about like one seat between us, two seats between, no. like I just can't. I'm like, no, I have to be like in a pod. That's a good idea. So I'm going because I have decided as I get closer to purchasing a house in LA, I'm kind of in this weird Where space. Do I, I don't live? know if I talked about this last week did I talk about that last week how I'm like I don't know what the future holds in terms of like where we need to be for work because like I moved to Los Angeles to be in person for work opportunities right. and now that that is no longer really happening and it I don't know when it bounces back fully I don't know what it's going to look like if it's going to be like somewhat in person or it's we're going to stay on zoom. I have no idea. Right. I've heard a lot of different mixed opinions. And as a result, I was like, you know what? I, I love New York. Even during a pandemic, I know I'm crazy, it's also safer but I than do. It is here now. I mean, we're much worse yeah, than it is. And like, you know, I have friends who live there and you know, it's not, it's, it's not New York, the old New York where you could just like bop around and do a bunch of things. But you know, they're starting to have like al fresco dining and like you can go to the park and you can take long walks. And so for me, is still available. it is. And that honestly is my favorite part of New York. There's no like one thing that I need to do there. I really just love a good long walk and yeah, like going great. over bridges and like just listening to podcasts and strolling for miles and miles. It's pretty much my favorite thing just to do and also for my sanity. So anyway, long story short, I am going to go there and look at apartments for one week. Um, and idea. I don't have to miss work cause I'm on zoom. So as long as I go outside of those four hours that I'm in the writer's room, I can kind of just do it. So I'm just going to bang it out and see a bunch of places. That sounds like a nice trip. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to do it. At first I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I was like, Jamie, you just need to like commit to living in Los Angeles. But then I was like, well, actually, no, because <laughs> right now we just don't know what the deal is. So I want to just at the very least go and be like, you know what? I love New York, but I don't want to live here. Like whatever I take away from the trip, I just need to rule it out if I'm going to get serious about putting in an offer on something here in LA. I think buying a house is a big deal and it, is. it requires a lot of thought and you have loved New York for a long time. Yes. You've, you've done a good job making LA as good as it can be for you. Yeah. Well, and, kind of, know, I, I could get a better house. 
Well, my house is very meh. Well, you know, the point is. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You're here for the TV jobs and, and acting. Yes. And if that's not going to happen for two years, then. Right. Yeah. Why not be in a city that you like more as a city? Right. And it's like all the acting stuff right now. If anything comes up, it's all I actually had an audition. Skylar oh, helped me with my lines. I had an audition for a show about Zoom like an actual network show about zoom and Skylar and I taped it over zoom. I don't want to watch that. And it was just kind of a great question. I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I, I will say the script after I rewatched her, like the tape, I was like, it, it, it it is, it was a pretty funny script. Like as far as a show about zoom goes, I was like, it's funny. It's like a well-executed concept, but it's also a little, it is just a little, who knows? It would probably be if it were to get shot and actually made, uh, it would still be weeks down the road to like come out. But it felt a little like close to the bone and like close to like current events. So I don't I, I, I couldn't totally quite put agree. my finger on like how fun it would be to watch even in like I, the that best is circumstances. Exactly right. And also and Skylar pointed this out, like it it really hits on like the early, early stages of the quarantine that were so traumatic and so scary and so unknown. So it's almost a little like not only is it a little too soon it's like oh man it's that part of it it's that like what's happening stock up on water you know like that kind of stuff where I'm like "Uh, it wasn't funny it's still not funny it sucks it's really scary and then the jokes are about it kind of not being funny and that's like it's it, it it has this weird feeling because of that yeah it's really hard to say anyways point being yeah, I mean, even the auditions are on Zoom is my point. So acting is going to take like, a while. Production's too crazy. There's so many people on a set. Like, yeah, and I mean, you know, when you bring that up, there's also the ripple effect of like, okay, well, we have to. Productions are going to have to pay more for like special cleaning crews. They're going to have to have like onset medics for a while. Testing, I mean, they already have that, but they're going to have to have extra everything. So then they're saving money in the production budget by not having production offices, having a writer's room, getting writer's lunch every day. I mean, we were spending so much money on lunch. Like it's outrageous how much money went to like just feeding the writers. So if they save that money, then maybe there's a case to be made by these studios and these networks for keeping everybody on zoom. My friend made a really good point. He was like, you know, the true test will be if like a show that had a first season pre quarantine, that was good, got renewed. What will that second season that was then shot on from writing that was done over zoom be as good as the first season. Like that'll start to be the test is like, can we actually make good TV this way? I think writers can make good TV anywhere. I just don't see, I just don't see anyone shooting a half hour show with the amount of people that it takes to do that in person anytime soon. I I know. I just don't see it happening. It's just not safe enough. Like, well, it's also like you bring up a great point because it's also like, well, if kids can't even go to school, like if that's even up for debate right now, like why would production start back? You know what I mean? Like, how is it? Yeah, like the idea of being on a soundstage, like literally this artificial environment that has just recycled air. Like is such an unsettling one. And with actors having to not wear masks and, you know, lighting and hair and makeup, I just feel like it exposes too many people. Like, oh, I mean, them being in your face, putting your makeup on. I mean, yeah, no. Absolutely. I think even if they're wearing masks, it's so close to your face. It's so close to your face. They are right up in there. Sorry, Rose, what were you saying? No, no, the whole thing. I mean, I just think all this to come back to your point of I think it's smart that you're looking at New York because I think, you know, if if you're writing in writer's rooms for the next year and a half, you sh- you can be anywhere. That's kind of how I feel. It's, um, not, it's true. Yeah. I. It's almost like instead of sort of wallowing in the lack of things we have happening and all this stuff, it's like, okay, well, let's also see the silver lining, which is you could live wherever you want to live. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that won't be always, but then even if it's a year or two, it's like, well, people move to places for a year or two. So also you love New York and you know, I do. I love it. You're, you're an amazingly talented standup and it's got such a better standup. I know standup is like so far from coming back in my opinion, but I also could be wrong about that. I don't know. God, it's so crazy how there's certain things like my sister's career was going so well right before this. 
Um, for listeners who aren't familiar with New York, um, there was this absolute phenomenon, this immersive theater uh, experience called Sleep No More. Yes. Which, like, took New York by storm. Honestly, I got too scared and ran out after two minutes because... It was scary. It's too scared for me. No, it was creepy. Yeah, I don't like it was like things. It kind of felt like a haunted house, to be honest. Which I would hate. Yeah, yeah. But it was creepy. it was, like, really cool. Everyone yes. loved it. And she was basically hired to work on their second project, which would have mm. been so cool. But then, of course, you know, it's the la- immersive theater-like stand-up. It's just absolutely impossible. Yeah. So there's so many arts that are just absolutely being fucked over. Yeah. Yeah. And sleep no more. It's like, you know, you wander in and out of like tiny rooms and you're in masks and you could easily bump into someone. And yeah, it would just be it would be so hard. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about the saga. Uh, uh, selfishly, I hope you go to New York and decide you hate it and you stay here. Yeah, it's very possible. I, I might it, be like, I this city does. is not what it used to be. Well, I'll I mean, be I'm kind of bracing myself. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting sort of social experiment just to see it. Um. So anyways, without further ado, yeah. want to get into our Sex in the City episode because guys, this is a Sex in the City podcast. You might not think that, but it is. Um, so today we're covering season four, episode 14, All That Glitters Rose. Thank you. And Jamie and I have been talking offline in our own texts about how yes. much we love this season. Oh, it's so, so juicy. It gets so good. So I'm really excited that we're talking about this episode tonight. So um, the episode kicks off with Aiden showing back up at Carrie's after some hard work at their new apartment next door. It's Saturday night, he's sweaty, and he wants to stay in. Carrie, however, wants to go out, so she calls Samantha. Well, it's about fucking time. Get over here and do me. Is that your standard greeting now? Oh, sorry. I thought it was Richard. That asshole said he'd call me back in five minutes. That was four hours ago. I've been waiting by the phone. Yeah, well, my dinner might be arriving in a bucket. Do you want to go out? Immediately. I'll conference in the other girls. You know how to do that. Well, how else do you have three-way phone sex? Oh, hello? Hey, what are you doing? York McDougal resident. It's for me. I've got it. Good for you. That's the first time we've talked today. Mm. Uh, We're going out. Who's on the phone? All of us. It's the future. <laughs> Why are you guys calling me so late? It's 7.30. Were you asleep? I'm pregnant. I'm always asleep. These are my last months of freedom, and I'm spending them in bed. Well, just don't spend them alone in bed. I'm a lost cause. Go on without me. Save yourself. No, we're all going. We have to shake things up before we officially become boring. <gasps> I say we go dancing. I'm in. Let's go dancing. Okay, but not somewhere I'm going to feel worse about myself when no one's interested because I'm fat. You're not oh. fat. You're pregnant. Yeah, that'll have men lining up at the door. <laughs> I know exactly where we should go. (laughs) Their lives are so fun. I know. I love the like conference call humor. (laughs) It was, um, it reminded me of the when Harry met Sally scene, the four way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the, um, she, she always wants to go out and he wants to stay in? Does that feel, Important, not important in a relationship, you know, where do you guys think? I think that uh, it's a tricky one. I think that it can, again, if it's the right relationship, I think it can work because if there's sort of an understanding of like, I just like going out and you don't, and he's like, okay, cool. See you later. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that is a type of dynamic where it's like, you go out with your girlfriends, you come home. And then you crawl in bed and it's really sweet and you guys spend, you know, the next morning together and the day together. Like, you know, I think that that it could work. Um, But I also think that Carrie, I think Carrie uh, wants to go out because she's trying to, like, escape her relationship, but she doesn't know it yet. Like, I I don't think it's necessarily just like, I just want to go out because if you're in a like snuggly, cozy situation, you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to go out. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little, I don't know. But he also keeps like throwing up roadblocks every, every like sign she puts out to like be close to her. Like, uh, there's the whole each chicken thing in a little bit, uh, that like is not at all what she's interested in doing. She, she like is like very flirty with him and he's not 
physically into it. So like even when there is that like let's be cuddly, let's be cozy thing from Carrie, Aiden is being weird about it and doesn't always seem to he, they're just like not physically in the same place with one another. Yeah. That's a really good assessment. Rose, what do you think? I like what both of you guys said and I feel torn because obviously you're not you don't need to be with your twin to have a good romantic relationship. But I do think that, you know, there are some marriages like my grandpa and grandma where it's like she loves to do stuff. She loves to go out to dinner and she loves to play cards and she loves to drink martinis. And he is such a homebody. Mm-hmm. And that's like a very 1950s style marriage where they don't have much in common. But they had a very good marriage. <laughs> they have a very good marriage. But I think in a modern marriage, like, of course, occasionally in a healthy way, you should do things without each other. But there is a sense I have that if your core is that you really don't like the same things, I think a happy long-term romantic relationship is a best friendship. And if your main mode is like watching sports and eating chicken, is that, if that's your main mode, and then someone else's main mode is like museums, theater, openings, then I do think it's kind of a problem, frankly, because... I think doing things that you like to do together is a big part of it. I do. I think so too. I do think that, I think that Aiden just from past episodes, like he does like to go to dinner. He does go out. He's hung out with the girls. Like, you know, he, he makes some kind of effort, but I don't think he's running from something the way Carrie is where he needs to be distracted. I think it goes a little bit to sort of I I think we've talked about this a couple of times recently where it's like with you, Jamie, you and Dan, Dan has like his whole wrestling world, which you're not terribly interested in. This is this sort of dynamic is like with Carrie, she has like kind of her clubbing world that Aiden could conceivably not be interested in. And I think that that can work, but it's not working for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, people can have their own individual interests, but there needs to be enough of an overlap uh, that they are still seeing each right. other in a relationship. Because like Dan and I, for the most part, like we like doing the same things. Like we it's love pretty. Comedy, love movies. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, even like going out, like actually Dan's, he's good at being like, we should go to the thing when I'm like, I don't want to go to the thing. Like he brings me out of my shell sometimes. And I do with him too. So I don't know. I just think that I think you guys have a lot also, of similar interests, like comedy, yes, movies, film, yes, television. Yes, yes. Like, definitely, definitely. I feel like, yeah, with Carrie and Aiden, um, I also think Carrie f- has a like a deathly fear of domesticity and yes. the whole sit with a bucket of chicken. Like, even if because technically that is kind of awesome. Like, if that you really break fun. it down, <laughs> it sounds fucking great, honestly. Yeah. And like, That's you know, true, I agree. I, I just think like with the right person, you'd be like, oh man, I worked so hard this week. That sounds like kind of gross, but also like kind of the best. And yeah, I just think in this case, she's like, ugh, like that's what boring old married people do. It's just like an old shoe, you know? And it's like, she's just projecting a lot onto him, I think. You're so right. Because when you really like someone, especially they haven't been together for that long. It's not like they're a decade in. They're like a year in. (laughs) They act. Mm -hmm. I I mean, she's, she has fast forwarded their relationship 10 years down the road. Like she is not present in this relationship. She is projecting. That's such a good assessment. Yeah. Because in the beginning, you a year in, you still have a crush. The idea of sitting around and getting drunk and making fun of some TV and eating, that's like a blast. A blast. Yeah. And like she wanted him back. Like this is because of her. She's the one who threw rocks at his window. So true. Mm-hmm. Like begged him to come back essentially. So and like, true. yeah. And now he's just, it's just like, ugh, Aiden, like snooze Louise. And you're like, why? That's really true, actually. They just seem like a couple that has nothing in common. Like, I don't... Like, they're attracted (laughs) to each other, but they don't seem like they, like, one... Like, she's, like, a little high-maintenance fairy princess with, like, little clickety-clack heels and pink puffs, and he's literally... (laughs) He would be happy with, like, a girl who doesn't own a single bit of makeup, who has hairy armpits, and who's a camper. Like, I don't even know what he's doing with her. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it, it it goes to show, though, I mean, to bring it back to the writing, like it is 
it is such good writing because the fact that we can analyze a piece of fiction that's like it's true. real. You're right. I mean, that says so much. Yeah, it's like true. the fact that we're even able to have these good dialogues about this. You're like, <laughs> they did a good job. You're they right. just did a fucking bang up job. That's on true. This show. And I always get really riled up about like what they should be doing. But then there would be no show. <laughs> No, I mean, that's what's fun. It's fun to get heated. It's yeah. like, we don't, you know, we're not like sports people. We don't like this is root our for anything. This is our sport. Yeah. yeah. Analyzing Sex really and City is my World Cup for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's my Wimbledon. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. <laughs> okay. Um, so the core four head to a gay club where they run into Anthony. Charlotte and the guy Anthony's with hit it off. He works for House and Garden. She loves House and Garden. They are a perfect pair. He and Charlotte talk over putting her place in an issue. Such a like stereotype of like what would happen at a gay club. You'd meet somebody who wants to put your house in the house and guard it. I know. It's so funny. Uh, Miranda and Samantha, meanwhile, head to the bathroom where Sam inspects dicks at the urinals and Miranda, well, goes to the bathroom. Over at the bar, Carrie meets Oliver, a shoe distributor who loves her column. He buys her a drink and invites her to lunch, even though he spots her engagement ring. He's gay, so there's no aid and obligation to worry about. On her way out of the bathroom, Miranda runs into Max, who works at her firm. He asks her not to make a whole thing about it. He doesn't want anyone at work treating him differently. Miranda gets it. She's pregnant and no one at work knows that either. The core four catch up at the bar where Sam announces she's taken ecstasy and wants Richard. When Carrie gets home, she's still all charged up from the club. Unfortunately, Aiden's passed out. He ate too much KFC. Also, they always make him look really unattractive because they put him in these like bloomers. They put him in these like really like he looks like a big baby, like a big adult baby in his undies. Oh, yeah. I mean, when he's like, baby, rub my belly. I want to die. I want to die. I think the undies they choose for him, too, are very unflattering. Like they would have done him differently. They kind of did him dirty with the way they dress. Yeah, They kind of slump him up. Oh, big time. So hooking up is out of the question. He does ask Carrie to rub his belly and go to sleep. So the spark's still alive. LOL. She hates it. It's disgusting. And Samantha does it. She has sex on X. It's so good. She tells Richard she loves him at the end, but he does not respond. The next day, Carrie has lunch with Oliver, who's basically leading her dream life. Shoes, sleeping around, and he has a guy back home who's okay with it. Oliver notes she never mentions Aiden, which doesn't seem like a great sign. As they're finishing up, Stanford stops by. Why isn't Carrie with Aiden? She says it's fine. Also, like, Stanford's fashion on the show is, like, mind-blowing. He's always wearing, like, a lime green three-piece suit. He's dressed like a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> he, from the he 50s. He looks like an Alice in Wonderland character. Yes. No, he is. We, He's, we like, the, from the, the Mad Hatter. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, also, like, the gay guy that she, becomes her new best friend is, like, kind of hot in, like, a disgusting Sugar Ray kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dead on. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of, it's been a long time since I watched this episode. So I was like, is he saying he's gay and then they're going to fuck? There was like kind of an energy there. Um, there was. Right? Yes. So at Miranda's office, she is passed out. Her coworker, Celeste, stops in and wakes her up. She also congratulates her. Shit. Max. Miranda confronts him. He did let the pregnancy news out, but he meant well. Miranda's habit of sleeping at work has started some rumors and he just wanted to stop them so she didn't get in trouble. She asks how he would feel if she outed him, only she accidentally does it right there when Celeste pops in. Everyone heads to Samantha's to discuss. What was your first clue? You said we were watching an independent film. I brought Biscotti. Oh, relax. I've watched it already. And I'm telling you, this is really funny. See, that's the way to do it. No, I love you. Just good old-fashioned fucking. I am not in the mood for gay porn. Not in the mood for gay porn? Don't you want to know how it ends? House and Garden wants to shoot my apartment, and I told Trey, and he doesn't even care. We turned off porn to talk about a magazine? Miss Scotty, please. He never cares about what I want. Anthony is more excited about it than Trey is. That's because gay men understand what's important. Clothes, compliments, and cocks. And clubs. Oliver's taking me to Bungalow 8 tomorrow night. Mm. 
Sounds like you're cheating on Aiden with a gay man. Oh, no, that's allowed. Gay boyfriends are the loophole of monogamy. My gay boyfriend outed me at work. Then I outed him. Even my gay relationships are dysfunctional. Okay, here's the problem. Aiden loves to stay in, and I love to go out. And he's fine with that. It's either the greatest relationship ever, or we're headed... For separate bedrooms, like me. We're in completely different places. And Trey's content with what we have, therefore I am a bad person for needing to have a baby. You're not a bad person. You're a person with needs. This is making me depressed. Let's just watch that movie. Thought you'd never ask. I love that line. I mean, there's the writing is so good, but I love gay boyfriends are the loophole of monogamy. That's so that's so funny and smart. <laughs> it is so funny. What do you think about this combo, Jamie? I mean, uh, it's a pretty classic, and this is how, you know this happens pretty often. Um, just the whole like. Charlotte's having a real problem and like no one gives a shit really <laughs> like so I mean Charlotte is like really suffering in a real way and they're like oh god magazine magazine you're like no it's not about the magazine you guys like her marriage is crumbling Jerry a parks and rec yeah mm. and you're just like I don't know. I, yeah, I just felt really bad. Like, and that was, she, she, it's such good acting, um, from Kristen Davis when she was like, oh, this is making me depressed. Let's just watch a movie. Like you really feel, you really feel it. Like she's, yeah, it was a, it's only one line, but like she really communicated a lot. I think you deserve an MVP of, uh, of analysis this episode. I feel like you're really zinging them out of the park. Thank you. Yeah. This is huge. I think that's a really good analysis. It's yeah. It's like everyone's like, just put the movie back on. It's like, yeah, just put the porn on. I also, do. I think this is the second time they've watched porn as a group. Am I wrong? I uh, know we have seen this before. Yes, you're there's, right. There's the, there's the porn guy that Miranda dates in season one. Who's the cinephile who takes her to see Shoah. Oh no, it's when the, the neighbors are fucking and they all come over to watch. Right. Yes. That? That's exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, there's that there's too. Something yeah. odd. I have never watched porn with a group of friends. Um, is that a thing that people do? I feel like, like disgusting men do that and like have it on the background when they're like eating wings and playing cards. But like, I I don't think that women do that very much. I mean, one thing I really like about this scene that I think sex in the city does honestly more than any show I've ever seen is they make better than friends, better than Seinfeld. They make hanging out with friends look so fun. Like agreed. Just sitting around with these like stylish, fun girls who have great drinks and something fun to snack on with watching this porn. It just looks like such a fun hang. Yeah. It just looks like a blast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It also makes like, and I think I've said this before, but like the you know, hanging out in, a, in an apartment in New York actually is like can be quite stifling. Like you feel like you need to get out. Like I remember nights where Dan and I stayed in and I'm like, this just isn't good. Like it, like it was fine that we would watch like a little bit of TV, but at a certain point you're like, let's take a walk or something. Like you just need to get out of that tiny, tiny space. Um, and they always make hanging out in people's apartments look so fun on this show. Yes. Like actually look like, oh, this is enough. Like we could go out, but we also could just stay in and have a great time. Yeah. The trick of this show that's so interesting and We've talked about it before, but I feel like this episode and that scene really encapsulates it is like, listen, I love a show about sex and guys and dating. It's so much fun. But the thing that looks like the most fun every time is when they're hanging out. It's more fun than any version of the guys that they're with. Yeah. And I think that's why the show was so popular, because obviously men are amazing and romance is amazing and heterosexual relationships could be amazing. But if you're a girl, you just know what it's like to be so close to another woman. And like, it's just like the most incredible feeling. Like, yeah, to that point, there is something about the way the way they speak to each other that really demonstrates their closeness and not to walk back on what I was saying about Charlotte. But there is a little bit of like 
in the way they're flippant with Charlotte, it also is a testament to how close they are and how much they know each other. Yes. That they can be a little like talk over each other, not fully listening. Like it's the way you are with your family. Like you're never fully present. You know, you're trying, but it's hard. Everyone's like cross talking and it gets chaotic. And there's something about the way these guys hang out, these girls hang out that feels, um, it does feel like family. Like it just has kind of a, an energy of like, we're listening, we care, but like, well, obviously we care. We're here. We're always here for each other, but they don't have to constantly reinforce and boost each other up. It's so, so comfortable and casual. So that's what I, I enjoy watching about them. Totally. Because if like like if they were less close, you could see the treatment of a character like Charlotte being awful. Like you could yes. see her taking it exactly yes. the wrong way where it's like, yep. you guys, <laughs> my marriage is crumbling. Why are we turning the porn back on? But like turning the porn back on is what that group of friends does. And yes. everyone is comfortable and OK with it, which is good writing and good chemistry. As a counterpoint right. also, her marriage has been crumbling for months or oh, a year. Forever. And so it's totally. like they're, it's Friday night. They're trying to have a good time. It's not like she's bringing any new that's information true. to the table. That's true. And it's like, how many times can you tell your friend like, yeah, that sounds really hard. You should probably break up. Like, so there's that, too. I mean, one thing I think that is really masterful about the show that I think, you know, we're on season four. These writers have it down to a science is how good they weave in theme to the other characters because Carrie is dealing with this thing of like, is this a good relationship or a bad relationship because we don't have enough in common? And then Charlotte's theme is, this is something I really care about, this home and gardens thing. And even if my husband isn't passionate about home and gardens, when you love someone, you get on board to be excited if they're excited. So yeah. I thought it was really mm -hmm. smart how like what Charlotte is going through with her husband is also the same theme, which is like, you know, how, how, how part of a good relationship is showing up and, you know, playing tennis with your partner that's obsessed with tennis, even if you don't love it, or, you know, going to the yeah. fashion show, even if it's, you're not your favorite thing. It's like showing up and totally. giving a shit, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, ugh, Trey and Charlotte, they really are so depressing. <laughs> I know. Oh, they hate really? each other. Okay. What'd you say, Sky? They just hate each other. I mean, <laughs> they fucking hate each other at this point. Um, okay. So getting back into it, Samantha has a check-in with Richard. He's pissed about some kind of crappy press again, but she has the whole blurting out I love you thing on her mind. She asks Richard if he wants to talk about it, but he writes it off. He's said an I love you or two while high on ecstasy in his day, so it's fine. It didn't mean anything. Sam, however, wishes it did. Miranda and Max celebrate the office's new casual Friday by embracing their true selves. Miranda shows off her pregnancy in a blue dress and Max shows off his being gay in a mesh shirt, which is so funny. The senior lawyers don't take his look well. And that's that for casual Friday. Over at Charlotte's, she preps for the house and garden shoot. She asks Trey if he can clean the guest bedroom as she doesn't want the news of their baby-free rough patch all over the magazine. That does it. Trey knows they are broken. He will move out. Oh. Devastating. She's such a yeah. good actress, Kristen Davis, because... She's excellent. Even though her part might seem to the naked eye to be simple, when it comes to emotions... She's right there. She's so present in the emotional scenes, I think. Yep. Totally. Carrie catches up with Aiden just as she's about to go meet Oliver. She finally figured out a way to wear her engagement ring so it's not a whole big problem while she's clubbing. She puts it around her neck as a necklace. Aiden spots it and tries to get her to hang out with him, but she won't do it. Oliver and Bungalow 8 await. But Carrie's night out doesn't go great. As soon as she and Oliver get into the club, he ditches her to hit on guys. Carrie decides to take off. Before she can, Stanford yells at Oliver for trying to steal Carrie. Back home, she and Aiden finally hook up. Also, side note, not to, I don't want to spoil anything for the future, especially if anyone's watching it for the first time, but the fact that somebody would put their wedding ring around their neck as a necklace honestly just says it all. 
Yes, uh, I would agree. I had an impulse to turn mine into a necklace only because I've started to want just a smaller band. And then I was like, oh, this episode is literally. No, (laughs) that is just this episode. A warning sign, yeah. Just the the top piece of it because it's kind of clunky and I feel like it would look really pretty. But then I was like, oh, that's just like pulling a carry. I mean, Um, every girl I know who's ever been engaged from second one is obsessed with wearing the ring, Instagramming the ring, talking about the ring. We all get excited about the ring. Yep. Not to put women in a stupid box, but like if you're not that into wearing your ring, it's just like sayonara. I think that engagement rings do. I, I don't know if everyone feels this way. Listeners, you know, if you're engaged when. or married, like let us know. I have hit a point where I just my my ring is very blingy. It's big. It's a big diamond. I love it. I think it's beautiful and I'm grateful to have it, but I, it, I have hit a point where I'm like, I just don't want a big ring. Like I just aesthetically want something. Yeah. I just want it to be, I was going to take the band and wear the band and just take the top part with the diamond and just put that on a chain. But anyways, it's probably crazy. Okay. We can move on. Okay. So house and garden, this is actually an absolutely stunning scene. Um, Oh, I love it's this unbelievable. scene. unbelievable. House and Garden shows up to shoot Charlotte's place. But before it can get going, she has to break the news to Anthony that her husband is not going to show up and it's just going to be her by herself. Anthony, can I talk to you a minute? We'll be right back. Is he cute or what? Mm-hmm. Um, Trey and I... He's splitting up. I knew it. Well, anyway, I don't think he's going to be in the picture, so should we just cancel? Cancel? Hello, H&G, House and Garden. Do it without him. Won't that look bad? Just me? It'll look beautiful. He may be the heart surgeon, but honey, you're the heart of this whole operation. Honestly, you're the best catch ever. Look what you did to this place. You could take any guy off the street, fix him up, and make him into something wonderful. Not for nothing, but you deserve more than that stick-up-his-ass preppy. That's all I'm saying. Now get in here and have breakfast. Gordon, it's just going to be... All righty. We ready for the picture? One minute. <clears throat> Trey, you, you don't have no. to. This is important to you. I at least want to do this. Handsome husband, beautiful wife, having breakfast. Smile. Trey had moved out by the time the magazine was on the stands. But all over America, little girls in their mother's pearls saw the picture and thought, that's what I want. Oh my God, that music is killer. That is the thing about the fucking season four is like the show has always been one of the funniest shows of all time. But when you get four seasons in and you really start to love these characters... The, when it when it gets drama, I mean, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Oh, and also, how much do you love Anthony? I love Anthony. There's nothing. There's something so endearing about. I actually talk about this a little bit in my stand up where you talk about how like Dan will threaten me with compliments like because he's a New Yorker. So when he's being sweet, it still sounds terrifying. He's like, I fucking love you. There's something about Anthony and he's so brash and bold. Like it's sweet when he's being sweet because it still sounds a little pissed. You know, it's not like oh Char it's like you're the fucking hot of this house like it's just very intense and it's so funny it's just so funny I love Anthony I was thinking the same thing when I was listening to the clip I was like why is Mario Cantone not a massive star he steals crazy every scene he's in I know and he's he is such a no one really does what he does. Like he's such a specific type, his voice and his look and his, like these big brown eyes. Like he's just like, yeah, he really is like one in a million. This is, I hope not like fetishizing, but like, I actually think the funniest people on the planet are like gay male comedians. Like I think Mateo Lane, Joel Kim Booster, John Early. I mean, Jordan Firstman. I think they're like the funniest people like on the planet. And like, they steal the show in television shows and it's kind of weird that like that it's kind of crazy that that 
in general, oh, Jimmy Fowley is, I think, in, insanely funny. You can follow him on Instagram. But, like, it's kind of crazy that there's that a gay male character is still never a protagonist. It's always like, I know, even 20 years after Sex in the City, you're the sidekick friend that like has a couple good lines. And it's like, if there was justice in this world, Mario Cantone would be leading a show. Yeah. I mean, I hope I get to a point in my career where I can cast him (laughs) just if he's available. I just want to put him in anything. Yeah. That's why Billy Eichner is doing, um, like the first ever like gay, like box office, like actually big, big budget, um, romantic comedy with a gay couple. Amazing. Like lead. Yeah. Judd Apatow's producing it. And I'm like, Wow, I didn't even realize that that was groundbreaking. I'm like, holy shit, we still haven't had that. That's just, I mean, I'm sure indies, of course, but like, well, barely, but even. like a mainstream comedy, yeah, with like a big studio budget, never. That's never such a good point. But yeah, that was a really beautiful scene, and it was also like, if anyone has ever been through a breakup with with somebody that at one point you really loved, it's like, it's like. Trey and Charlotte can't be together, but it's not, but it's not like they don't love each other. And it's yeah. just, the scene is so devastating. It's like, it is devastating. It's also, ugh, it's like, again, bringing it back to Mauro Cantone. I love when he's like sticking his ass preppy. Like it's just fun to have that character finally like reduced. Cause no one's been saying it. No one said it. Like no one's been on the nose about it. It's just nice to hear someone be like, diagnosis this is what trey is like i can boil him down he's a stick up his ass preppy i also love the scene where i also love when like sarah jessica parker is reading like the awesome voiceover and you know i kind of got into like a weird mood a few days ago when i was comparing myself to some successful people on instagram and you know i feel like since a few days ago i've been able to like recover but that you know, when Carrie's saying like all over the country, yep. girls are going to look at this picture and think this is perfect. And the reality is so different. And that kind of comforted me because I can go on little spirals of being like, oh, my God, this person has everything. I'm a piece of shit, whatever. And it's like some therapist told my sister once, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides because oh, you just don't know. That is great advice. Right? <laughs> great advice. Oh, man, that's very real. Yeah. Um, it was strange that Carrie said that. I mean, I'd have to listen to it again to make sure, but it was strange that she said it like as if it were a good thing. I'm like, no, that's not good. <laughs> like it would be now you'd be like, yeah, Charlotte, just do the cover alone. Like if this were written now, it would be like a hundred percent Trey doesn't show up and she does it alone. And then that's the story. Is that like she so changed the course. That's true. Like she was the first woman to just go be in this photograph alone representing like divorced women everywhere. You know what I mean? Really, really true point. But this episode is kind of about surface appearances. So I like that's true. It is the whole definitely fits with the theme. So I I think that um, that is definitely a more exciting out on that storyline. But it it does run contrary to the all that glitters the what we're projecting yeah yeah. definitely yeah 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 no that's a really good point it's also like yeah it's also not the it's just interesting yeah you're right i think that yeah it's a little like um not tongue-in-cheek it is a little ironic it's a good it's it's like a a little sarcastic almost the way she's like yeah and people everywhere will think that they're the perfect couple you know it's a little like bittersweet it's also a great button for her in particular because it's it's she grew up loving that magazine and looking at those exact same photos. And now she's True. having the experience where what she is being photographed doing is projecting a total lie. So she knows a truth that she didn't when she was a reader and you get to yeah. see that moment happen for her, which is like good. It, it's, it is another like good bit of writing for her. Yeah. So the episode closes with Carrie lying awake next to Aiden, contemplating relationships and appearances. And this brings us to our question of the episode. Later, I started to think about restlessness and relationships. Once we found what we've been searching for, why are some of us reluctant to let go of our single selves? Is single life in New York such a constant flurry of fun and friends that settling down 
immediately fills us with the urge to shake things up again? And why does becoming part of a couple imply settling down? Maybe Oliver does have the key in that we shouldn't expect to get everything from one man, but instead feel comfortable getting different things from different people. Although at what point do separate interests become separate bedrooms? I couldn't help but wonder, to be in a couple, do you have to put your single self on a shelf? Huh, such a good question. It's such a good question. You know, sometimes Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get to the end of the episode and the question is so weird or obvious and the answer is just one or the other and this is a very well-written question and it's there is I don't think it's as binary as some of the other questions where it's like should you throw yourself off a building or give a guy a chance? You know, it's like Yeah, I know. Well, it's also very Esther Perel because that's her whole philosophy is that like it's so odd that we expect our partner to be like the best lover, the best friend, the best everything. They're supposed to like meet every single need that you have. And it's such a tall order and it's kind of unrealistic. And it also sets everybody up for disappointment. So there is something to be said for the way Carrie kind of outsources her fun with the girls, you know, she lets Aiden stay at home with this chicken and then she goes out and, you know, she has her fun night out with them and doesn't expect it from him. You know, um, yeah. What do you think, Rose? Yeah, I love that you brought up the Esther Perel point, because I think a lot of what she's saying in this question, even just the framing of the question is true. I mean, about a boy, if anyone saw that movie with Hugh Grant, um, that movie has the same conclusion as what she just said, which is even the best person in the world, you can't expect everything from them. Like we used to grow up in villages and like tribes and like live in the same houses, like our great grandparents, our cousins, our moms, our dads, our sisters, our brothers. And you just had a lot of people to diffuse your interactions with. And modern yeah. life is so isolating that your one person that you live with is like your whole world, which is absolutely too much pressure for one person and kind of sets up the relationship to fail. So I do think it's important to like, not disappear into your relationship. I think it's important to continue having hobbies and doing, you know, go to band practice and have your girlfriends and go to game night and do all your things. That being said, um, I think her particular fear of settling and this idea of like, of like when I meet someone and fall in love, does that mean I have to stop clubbing and just be at home all the time? I think that's very individual because I never liked clubbing or anything yeah. like that. And like, uh. and I also think that the word settling being a negative thing is sort of um, an immature idea because settling down, uh, actually the definition of settling down has nothing negative to it. It's just right. deciding to stay put and put down roots. And the idea that settling in popular culture has come to take on a negative connotation to me says more about the culture than actually the act of settling down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so tricky. I've definitely, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with this question. It's so loaded and I could argue it from truly every standpoint to death and still not feel like I have a conclusion. I think in some ways I've been half reading this book called um, The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell. And he talks about marriage in in on a few pages. And he was saying something really cool that I, I actually agree with, even though I'm not married. But I agree with him philosophically that like when you decide to get married or be in a union, that has to come above everything else every other person, yourself. Like if you put the marriage above everything, the marriage will survive because, yeah, and that's a really tall order that a lot of people can't handle. And I can understand that. But in in that sense, I do think you put your single self on the shelf because what's best for the couple has to come before what you particularly want in any one time. Not that you'd give up your entire identity and sense of self, but it's like, it's like, Oh, I haven't seen him for a week. I should stay home and do this. Or, he asked he wants to come to clubbing. So even though he might be kind of a drag to be there, this is important. Yeah. Like I do sort of think that that you do have to kind of put it above everything, above your kids, above your job. Like, and then when you do, it thrives. Yeah. <laughs> that's really hardcore, that's but I agree. No, I don't think that's hardcore at all. And I think that I don't it, it's interesting that more people don't just think to do that. It's a big ask. Everyone I know. 
Yeah, it is a big ask, but also there's like it, it's high risk, I guess, but high high reward. I think so everyone I like the people I know who have really strong marriages, I do feel like it's that. I think like, so. It's just yeah, they really yeah. Someone said something. I don't remember if I read this or heard this somewhere, but basically in a marriage, there's this there's like an an idea that. You hear this a lot, like in movies, you know, it's like, oh, you have to be like the strongest version of yourself before you can be any, be with anyone else. And actually like the codependence or what most people would label codependence in a successful marriage is how the marriage is successful. It actually, it's, it actually is okay to like be, you know, to balance each other out and to depend on each other and crutch on each other and, you know, need a lot from each other and give a lot to each other. And so that whole thing of like, yeah, like you just need to be like rock solid and you can't be in a good relationship until you're that. And it's like, actually, no, I don't think that's true. I think that you guys have to work together to be rock solid. You know, it's funny, Jamie, it's interesting you say that because I don't know if it was a book I read or a TV show. I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody said something really interesting. They were like, you know, everyone says you have to love yourself before you love someone else. And they're like, but it's actually not true at all because I have a great relationship and I don't, uh, it's been a journey for me to even like myself and I love the fuck out of this person. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, to be clear, I don't think it's like get rid of your interests, but for example, I think an example of putting the marriage before your own self is like when he wanted to come out with her and she was like, no, yeah. that to me is putting herself and being like, I think I'll have a little more fun without him. So he gets to stay home. That's what slowly erodes a relationship. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, okay. So, Our final segment, Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for? Jamie, thank you for asking. And, you know, some weeks it's really pulling teeth trying to figure it out. But I think in COVID, because I've been consuming so much uh, literature and entertainment, there's like my cup always runneth over with horny horny force. Sure. So today I'm going to do two, but I'll make them fast. Um, I'm horny for this book called Wow No Thank You by Samantha Irby. It's a book of comedic essays. And I was a really big fan of her first book, which is called uh, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, which was a New York Times bestseller. And I've said it to everyone in COVID. My attention span is literally like as big as a baby flea. And so I need everything I consume, whether it's a book or a movie to be from the jump riveting riveting this is hysterical from the first sentence it's the kind of book where it's like i had some social plans today but i just wanted to be reading the book so if you just want to have a oh that sounds great yeah it's like you'll gobble gobble it up in a day it's absolutely hysterical so i would definitely recommend that and then my second one very fast um i'm writing a coming of age show right now a, a pilot and um i've been watching a lot of coming of age stuff and i rewatched one of my favorite movies from the 90s that holds up and then some and it's free on hulu to watch right now and that is slums of beverly hills oh, i love that movie if you rewatch it it is as good if not better than it was when i saw it coming out in the 90s it is an incredible movie natasha leone marissa tomei it's it's so amazingly great. So so check that Isn't out. Isn't it Alan Arkin? Yes. Oh, it's, my God. It's it, Carl Reiner. Heaven. It's a perfect film. So Heaven. Gal, what were you horny for this week? Um, I... Hmm. I guess uh, I'm horny for House Hunters <laughs> on Hulu. Um, I don't know what network it was originally on, but a lot of episodes are on Hulu. And it is just so mindless and barely any stakes. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've, it's been on a long time, so I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen it. But for those who haven't, it's just like a couple looking for a place to live. They see three houses, then they select Wait, one. I would love and that. It's so basic, that. but it is so, as I am obviously like on the hunt for something property wise, it's really, it's really nice. And they go all over the United States. So you see apartments in New York, you see like 
you know, Tudor homes in New Jersey. You see, you know, it's just, it runs the gamut. It's all different places. So I made it sound like it's just in New York and New Jersey, but it really is all over the U S so yeah, it's kind of great. And like everyone has different budgets and different needs. And like, it's so funny. Like some people's bottom lines are so insane. Like I just watched this episode right before we recorded where this woman was like, I have to have a laundry room with a sink. And I was like, okay. And then she saw this like awesome house and she's like, but the laundry room doesn't have a sink. And I'm like, bitch, put in a sink. Like this house is so good. What is wrong with you? It was so crazy. Anyways. Yeah. House hunters get into it. Uh, Yeah. It's on Hulu. I think. Well, no wonder you're watching it. You're looking for a damn house. Yeah. So it's pretty fresh. Can't wait to watch. Um, Thanks for the rec. I always love everything you recommend. I love what you recommend. I'm going to get that book. Um, okay, cool. So that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a great day slash night. Thanks guys. And thank you for always sending us the loveliest DMS and comments. And you know, you guys are the best. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.